You are now listening to Emergency Exit. the time to open your mind in our search for the unknown who knows what we will find this is emergency exit i am your host los and with me as always is nick the passion rider how are you doing buddy i'm doing splendidly that's right this is episode 30 today is april 18th we are broadcasting to you again from our emergency exit space cruiser Thanks for being with us again. Mm-hmm. This week on the show, we play Idiotium for the Golden Jazz Master. Plus, we got the news. But first, is the Earth as hollow as your bank account? Let's travel deep oh, in the day. mystic to find out more. You started again. I'm throwing this at you. That's right. We are joined once again by Brandon Mitchell. How you living, buddy? Living great. How are you guys doing today? That's right. Doing awesome, <laughs> man. I'm yeah. sure everyone feels great listening. They're being positive, thinking positive, because last week we learned that you don't want to be venting. That's right. Venting only wanna... makes it worse. Oh, it just yeah. makes it worse. That's you can't right. focus on the bad. You got to accentuate the positive, as they say. That's right. I believe that was Blue, the big bear from Jungle Book. Ooh. Anyways, Brandon is here again. Last week he brought a flat earther, a flirther. He brought a flat earther to the show. This week he's bringing a hollow earther to the show. What do we call a hollow earther? I just been saying abbreviating H E. H E. H E. Yeah, but that's the name they call themselves. Like we've got to come up with something. By the end of the show, I think we will come up with something. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have faith in us. We're gonna cut, and when you hear us again, we'll be talking to. Uh, What's what? Uh, I guess we'll find out after yeah. the break. Oh. All right. Hey now, <laughs> hey now. It's like Howard. That's right. That's why the way I started. Anyways, we're here to start uh, talking about the hollow earth. Well, first of all, Chris, Christopher Baird. Is that my saying that right? Yes. Hey, man. Chris Baird. Baird. Chris Baird. Hey, my name is Carlos. My friends call me Los. You're also talking to... Nick. Nick. 
and Brandon. 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 How you doing, Chris? Good. So, all right. thank you for joining us, first of all, man. I know you're busy and got lots of better things to do than talking to your losers <laughs> hanging out. But uh, Actually, I've been in retirement on this for a couple of years. I'm anxious to get some word out on it. Oh, oh cool. cool. He's coming out of retirement. Dude, this is great. Well, yeah. wonderful. We're glad that you joined us to uh, shed some light, you know, throw it out there. So, I actually don't know too much about it. Um, actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first before we get into it? Well, my name is Chris Baird, and uh, I'm a hollow earth researcher, but I research a lot of other things. Uh, what got me into hollow earth was actually a spiritual quest to try to prove the Bible. I had a friend uh, kill himself in 2002. I was worried he went to hell. Sorry to hear that. Oh, and, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, so I uh, started, re I had a back injury, and it left me without work to do. Um, I was pretty depressed, nothing to do, so... I started uh, researching the Bible, researched uh, some stuff on Moses in the real Mount Sinai, um, down a place where they had a cracked granite rock. That led me to a giant skeleton in the desert, supposedly like a mile long, half a mile to a mile long. Uh, mm -hmm. They could have spawned a story for the Leviathan. That could be looked up as well. And then that bumped me into this Hollow Earth 3D video. I kind of looked at it for a second ignored it ran into it again about a week later it was like lightning hit twice i'll watch it right and uh i watched the video i absorbed it and it took about a week or two and then it just all hit me and i was like every question i ever had as a child growing up about religious side of it about the firmament the the face of the earth inside the earth giants in the earth and stuff that it mentions in genesis but also on the uh, public school science side of it, the questions I had about, uh, oh, for instance, the teacher saying weather formed at the poles and snow formed at the poles. But when I'd raise my hand and say, how did like uh, steamy moist air get to the poles without condensing and falling in the rain, class moved on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I didn't okay. really have the answers for those kind of questions, but I was the kind of kid that thought about those kind of questions. You know, when the teacher was talking about polar reversal, I went up to the teacher after class and said, what if a comet or something went by that had a magnetic field and pulled the core of the Earth around, and then it flipped back? And he's like, but a comet doesn't have a metallic core? Good thought, but no. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Much really? later, That's an interesting much thought later, to have. Shut you down yeah, quick. Yeah, but later I found out that there are some things right in line with what I thought at that time. Sure. So, okay. You know, uh, I was in Christian school as well advanced to the curve. Uh, when I like transferred yeah. into public school, I went in like halfway through first year and I went into public school and it was uh, culture shock because I was a minority in the area I lived in. Mm. And uh, also, I, I learned really quick to dumb myself down because you don't want to be that kid that raises your hand in public school. You know, right, uh, I got right. heckled and beat up and recessed, that kind of thing. I learned really quick, don't do your homework, keep your head down, unless do you have some something research. important. I absorbed everything. I just didn't get good grades. Yeah. So. It's too bad, though. And I think that happens to a lot of people that are smart. They learn to just kind of become uh, yeah. a recluse. And that was definitely me in elementary and high school. Like <laughs> For a while, I was the one who was like, uh, didn't we have some homework or something we were supposed to have? 
Yeah, you did. Then, <laughs> I mean, I was no, I was absolutely yeah. the teacher's pet. Yeah, and then, forget about homework. I, yeah, you I get your ass kicked a few homework. times. My, You're like, Ew. my son. My sons go to a homework club, which is a continuation of the last hour at school. They hmm. don't do homework at home, and I told their teachers they never will. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing homework at home. They should be well, yeah, spending well, time with their family. Exactly. You want the separation of mind. Like, it's the same thing when you get off work. You don't yeah. want to go you home and still You don't want to think about work. No. Exactly. You don't want to exactly. take work home. And if you do, then you're working that kind of job. That's fine for you. Exactly, yeah. Me, my time, my own time alone should be my time spent with my family. Right. So. Now that makes perfect sense. That's mm-hmm. right. But anyways, uh, so <laughs> all the work. That's that's a little bit about me and my history, what got me into it. Now, I've moved on to my spirituality, uh, (laughs) uh, Christianity, the way I was raised and stuff. I've moved well past that, you know. Uh, What I want to do is caution your viewers, your listeners, a little bit, (laughs) is some of these things I'm going to share to you today, you're either going to walk away saying this guy's completely nuts, or it's going to click in. Maybe not tonight, maybe in a week or two. And when it does, you're going to be really upset at our leaders, our government, and those kind of people for keeping this a secret from you. But they have a job to do, and they have a reason why they've done this. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. Learn to be forgiving. So, um, well, great. Let's get. I mean, this sounds right up our fucking alley. This sounds great. Yeah, Yeah. man, I'm ready to start hearing some stuff. So, what's uh, what's the basics to this hollow earth theory? Basically, when I first started out, I I found the Hollow Earth 3D thing, okay? And, uh, well, let's just get into what the different model ideas are. Yes. Sir Edmund Halley, okay, proposed that as a liquid mass in space was spinning, that layers would cool, break away, and float away. Many, many layers. The way to think about it is if you take an onion and you slice it and you take out every other layer. And his idea was that Every layer was inhabited inside. Now, we are talking about sort of Haley Holly, okay, that found Haley's Right, comet, right. I right? was about to ask if that's a, the comet. And, and he was just pretty much pushed under the rug with that whole idea, okay? Some colleges, not all that I've heard of, some colleges mention it, and it's maybe a one little paragraph mention of Sir Edmund Holly and the Hollow Earth. Okay. Science teachers laugh at it, move on. So and, he thought there were people I've talked to have never even heard of it. He okay. thought there were like multiple levels or like there were Yeah, like they, okay, you'd have a crust and that other side of that crust would be inhabited, both sides, and then the next sides of the crust would be inhabited and so on and so on, all the way down to the center. Oh, okay. okay. Sort of like nesting all dolls right. but in a Yeah, globe. exactly. Okay. Exactly. So and it could be that nesting dolls came from that concept. Who knows? Hey. I've never done research into that, but it's a good thought. <laughs> there um, we go. Dude, Nick's a natural well, hollow earther. <laughs> yeah. So the later description and, and what most people go by is, and again, you could look up a video on YouTube that shows from NASA. It says hollow earth proof. It doesn't prove hollow earth. What it does prove is that as liquid is spinning in space, it forms a bubble shaft through it. Okay, this happens to be water, and they put surfactant in it and tea leaves, and they go to different levels within that water mass, depending on their density. Okay? Mm. So what what happens with a liquid planet 
is you have the North Pole and the South Pole shaft go down to a dense liquid mass. That dense liquid mass is iron, nickel, gold, all the heavy elements that gravity pulls them all together, okay? So like the magma center? Yeah. So as the shaft forms, it starts to cool on the inside a little bit, and it actually goes and surrounds that liquid mass and breaks free. And all the lighter materials that make up the crust start to expand away from that ball in the middle and leave that ball in the middle and one big crust that eventually expands like a geode. And as it cools on the outside faster because of space and all of that stuff, how cold it is, the inside is still coming out. And what that does is it causes extra amount of crust at the polar openings and a pressure ridge, and that pressure ridge can be seen really well on Mars. It looks like a crater at the poles, okay? Okay. And okay. then the inside eventually cools, and and what you end up having is a crust with magma at the middle of it. Then you have inner atmosphere, much thicker and, and, and much more dense than what we have here, which is great for uh, making large life. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, having a higher, you know, uh, pressure for the atmosphere, uh, right? Higher pressure for the atmosphere. Um, and then and then you have the inner space, and then you have the center star. And when people heard about Admiral Byrd saying there was a sun in the earth, they just laughed them off the face. There was, I, <laughs> I saw a couple of interviews where people said, oh, yeah, we've heard of Admiral Byrd in, in, in the Army and the Navy is a big joke, sons and Nazis and stuff like that, right? But they didn't understand that it's not a star like we have out here. It's radiation and gamma rays and all of that. It's just a glowing mass of metal. Right. Now, I've heard of mag, like a, a magma hot liquid core. Okay. I've heard of that. That's, so that's basically this, right? Is yeah, that so essentially what you're talking about? Basically, basically, metals are rare on the crust of any planet, and that's something you'll need to know if we have the time and we get into it as I go here. But metal yeah, is you do very have rare to on dig the crust for them. of the planet. Just have to mine yeah. for them. Well, no, it, on Earth, they're actually pretty abundant, and there's a reason for that. So, I mean, I'm talking like rare as in you might find a tiny, tiny bit of it because all of the natural formation planets, all of that, gold, nickel, and iron all coalesced to the center. You understand? Okay. And so it was all trapped in that in that in that core star. Now we reach a critical point here. If a planet does not have a moon of sufficient size or moons, the planet will cool. It will become dormant. It will get if it has water on it, it will have an ice plug at the poles and eventually cool to the point where it dies what we would consider a dead planet. Why would a that happen? Planet because it doesn't have a moon, and I'll get into that. So right. when you okay. have a okay. planet that does continue to expand, the moon going around it tugs at, right. the, at the surface of the planet, keeping it viscous in the center and keeping the mantle warm in the crust, but also tugs at the inner star. Okay, or inner sun. So basically, tidal keeps, forces that's why is what keeps it alive. Hot, and it's a heartbeat. That's exactly what it is. And what it's doing is it's interacting. The gravity of the moon is interacting with the external gravity of the sun, and they're tugging against each other as the moon goes around the planet. 
and it keeps it warm, keeps it alive. That doesn't necessarily mean it has life in it, but it means that that planet is alive and continues to expand and get thinner and thinner due to centrifugal force. Okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, the inner star or core of our planet is about 800 miles across. They cast it out as 400. Inner space is around 600 to 750 miles. Inner atmosphere is 600 to 750 miles. The equator crust is around 100 miles thick, while towards the poles, it's about 300 miles thick. Again, it's thicker at the poles because as the outer surface cooled, the inner liquid traveled up due to centrifugal force and built up around those pole holes, which makes them very strong. It doesn't allow them to rip apart. Okay. 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 So going back to when I, when this all clicked in my head, okay. When I really got hollow earth, the things that clicked in my head and the answers I got is I remember when I was young, okay, learning about the firmament and learning that it was a pillar of light in the midst of the waters. Not a dome, but a pillar of light in the midst huh, of water. Okay. And it separated the waters from the waters, okay? And that's kind of what the Bible says. Exactly what it now says. They've gone to, they, now they've gone to just erasing firmament altogether and putting in dome. Oh, okay? yeah. I believe that I, I, I've seen newer Bibles, they have done that. Instead of wow. that, they, they've gone in and rewarded it. But that to, wasn't to God's word. <laughs> well, they're yeah, they're just doing what King James did: is interpreting what they think and then writing it in and then making it. And so. the re- there, the reason they're doing that is there is a huge interest, and in if people start believing that there's a hollow earth, they will understand that our planet is inhabited. And most planets are inhabited, and we are not alone. They have a job, a specific job, of keeping us dumbed down and keeping the industry going, keeping us mining for gold. There's a very important reason for that. And the way you do that is by keeping a capitalistic society based on petroleum oils and having to dig into the earth and all of these things. And there's a reason why they're not fixing their planet. They're making it worse. They're putting chemtrails in the sky that are heating up our planet so that they can get to the poles and get the rest of the gold out. Okay? We are a mining planet, and you were born a slave. All right? That's what all research leads to. Wow. I can get into that later. But um, back to the hollow earth part of it, when it all clicked in, what, what really hit me is the fresh water at the poles and how the ice comes down from the north, right? Yep. And, and, and so they tried to go back now in the last couple of years and tell you that salt water can freeze in the regular temperatures of Earth up at the poles. It doesn't do that. Uh-uh. Salt water doesn't freeze, not at those temperatures. It has to be really cold. That's like saying that if you're so a sailor salt- and you get stuck at sea, you can drink the water in the first seven feet, but you can't drink anything below that because then it's salty water. So wait, are you, are you that's not true. Chris, are you saying salt water doesn't freeze? Because no, it's just it takes a no, lot it does, lower it temperature. It does freeze, but the temperatures have to be a lot lower. Isn't it? When they, when doesn't it freeze at like these, 25 these, and a half degrees? Is that not correct? Yeah, it has to be lower right? than 32 yeah. or whatever. Well, that, yeah, well, yeah, 32 is the freezing. Pretty, pretty low. 
And and the way the ice pack comes is it actually comes from the north, okay? And and what I'm getting at with this is that when I, I, I discovered hollow earth, I realized that water is fresh inside the earth and would be exiting the poles due to centrifugal force, okay? And that right. water coming out would freeze once it hits the outer surface, and then it would become icebergs, and they would all flow from the north, especially in the wintertime when the temperature is much colder outside, all right? So that's then, why we can have ice and glaciers, but also still ocean and water. Exactly. So then there's the inner atmosphere. In the inner atmosphere, I discovered just doing some research that it's about 75 degrees all year. It's 750 miles thick. That's a lot of moisture. All right. Um, it's trot like a tropical paradise in there. And, you know, you, you don't have to worry about it getting too cold, too hot. I mean, yeah, it doesn't anyway, have but, any seasons or anything. So that would, yeah, that would moist, be a paradise, wouldn't it? Yeah. So the moist, steamy air, it, it comes out of the poles and cold air rushes in, which helps, helps, regulate that temperature around the poles there is some weather but it's the polar vortex and so this steamy air is coming out and hitting the outside cold air and eureka there's how you form your crystals when the, the question that i had when i was younger was how does steamy air from the ocean get to the north pole without condensing and falling yet if you have steamy air exiting the earth like an exhale and hitting the cold atmosphere, that is exactly how we create snow up here in Colorado. You take a warm mister, and it sprays a mist into the cold air, and before it hits the ground, it turns into snow and hits the ground. It creates instant ice crystals. Hmm. It creates artificial snow. So it's the same thing. You have to have that instant reaction to create snow. So that, that I me. Mean, and so I, I wanted to know more about this. I kept looking everywhere I could for stuff. I saw there's a famous video out there where this guy talks about his friend who was a pilot that couldn't fly over the pole hole. Um, then I ran into that hollow earth proof, whatever. Then I ran into a book about this gentleman named Olaf Jansen. All right. Olaf and Jansen. Olaf Jansen. He is the man I would, although Sir Edmund Haley proposed history. Olaf Jansen, who is who I would give the credit for, for discovering the hollow earth and making it back outside and living to tell his tale. It was not without problems. He he was a fisherman at 19 years old, 1829, and he went with his father to the north a couple years. It was like his uh, third season with them. The first year they got fished. Uh, then he proposed that they traded half their hold to the Eskimos for ivory, and they got ivory, and then that was very lucrative. And then they traveled uh, again, and they were going to get all ivory that year, but he challenged his father to go up north to the lands of their gods because they were Norwegian, ex-Vikings, to the land of Odin and Thor and see if they could find it. His dad said, okay. So they went north. Uh, they had a really bad storm. And in the old days, they would put the casks of water around the front of the boat and lash them to the sides. Okay, and then as you emptied the casks, you put them downstairs in your hold so that they didn't wash overboard. But they had a okay. bad storm that washed all their full casks right off the ship. He had to lash himself to the to the I can't think of it, the steering wheel. We'll just say a steering wheel on the ship. Um, 
anyways, he had a lash with himself to it. And then they, they, they kept going, but they didn't have any water. So, you know, they did whatever they had to do, you know, eating fish or whatever to get moisture. Anyways, they pull one of these fish out and uh, he takes his, his fingers and it's fresh water. And his dad's like, you're delirious, son. And he checked it and sure enough, it was fresh. So they filled up their cast and thought it was a gift from their god Odin in their journey and a good sign. They kept going north, and the weather got warmer. The sun started disappearing behind them, and suddenly this other sun started to appear in front of them. And they're like, what's going on here? And the sun never went away. As soon as they spotted it, it never went away. It just climbed a little bit higher in the sky every day. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. So they were and essentially... So then they, they yeah, were, then they uh, yeah, they were sailing water, they, to the earth? In the center of the earth? Yeah, so they were... What they were doing was they were sailing on the water, and the water follows the crust, and the crust has gravity in every direction, okay? That's something people need to understand. When you think of the Eric the Viking movie, he sailed to the edge of the earth, and he fell flat off, landed upside down in the water, and people just don't get it. Well, you have to understand this. There's always gravity below your feet. There's gravity in every direction. There's matter. No matter how minute it is, there is gravity. And so at the North Pole versus the South Pole, which is encapsulated in land and ice and very jagged, the North Pole actually has an opening. As a matter of fact, two openings that I found. One is above Greenland, and one is to the east of Greenland in Baffin Bay next to Canada. But the, the, the North Polar opening that they were going towards was they went up the east coast of then Franz Joseph Land, which is now Iceland. And that's in between Greenland, and they went up north, and they went into the top north pole hole, is what I believe, from what what research we've done. Um, so anyways, they, they're running out of water again. They go to test the water, and it's salty. And uh, what people need to understand about this is as fresh water is coming out of the pole, the earth is spinning, and this would create like a spiral band of waters. You'd have some salty, some fresh, some salty, some fresh, till you hit the full fresh waters of the earth. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so they hit a patch of fresh water, but then they hit the salty water. And then they, they, they were out of water for a couple of days, and then they spotted land. They get to the land. They started collecting nuts and berries and things like that. But suddenly they heard this big booming voice as people singing and this big giant ship under its own propulsion, this is what he said, it's under its own propulsion, this is 1829, mind you, okay? All We're right. talking like gas lantern days, all right, and, <laughs> and sailboats. So this ship under its own propulsion stops, these giants are on it, twice their height, 12 feet, 13 feet tall. They motion that they would like them to come with them. They're like, he's like... They're both kind of scared, obviously, but he, his dad's like, we're here. You know, this is where you wanted to come. And so they, they went sure. on board I mean... and uh, <laughs> they hoisted they hoisted their sailboat, their fishing boat, out of the water and placed it on the deck of this boat. So that can give you the the, the, I... the idea of the size and the dimensions. Right. Well, I mean, if the guys boat. are twice the size, then their boat needs to, yeah. to fit. Yeah. Twice so the they, stuff. they 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 travel up and they describe that these people live in the cities with no roofs. That it rains once per day, 
that the sun has a dark and a light side to it, and it's smoky. Now, I, I think that the smokiness around the inside of the sun is as the, the Earth expanded, some of the atmosphere stayed around that sun, which gives it a cloudy, smoky appearance. Kind of got trapped and in there And then some of the yeah, well, when it separated, some of the atmosphere due to gravity stuck with that sun. Okay, and then yeah. the rest of it went away with the crust. Do you you, you get what I'm saying? Right. So right. that's that gives it that, and that's the name of the book, "The Smoky God" or "Voyage to the Inner Earth." Ah. So, so the reason they call it the the Smoky God or the Throne of God is because they say that that's where the gods live. Okay. So who who knows? But so are they saying that they that, like sailed into the opening and have somehow like can you sail inside? The Earth is that where they ended up somehow? Yeah, they ended up in the Earth. The sun stayed in the same position every day. The crust going around it caused day and night. And so they just I, were like on the know. other side of of the crust, like exactly on the underside of exactly where up and over the mantle that we are on. Basically, wow, we're, that's pretty yeah, cool. So, so they got on the inside. So it's All really right. hard. It's, re- it's a really yeah, it's a really big concept to try, try to grasp, but yeah. Once you understand it, it's it's pretty pretty well, cool. Actually, well, Chris, like I can totally I can totally see how through centrifugal force we can be we can travel on the inside of the Earth, but then it would have you know the opposite reaction on on top of the Earth. We'd expect, but we know we don't. Well, here here's the thing, people, and and I listened to you guys' uh, previous interview, and kudos to you guys if that was a riot. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the I flat Earther. Yes, the flirther. Flirther. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So anyway, that's how I got introduced to this. Besides running into Brandon and Tom, I do an interview. But anyway, yeah. so I did my research into what you guys talked to him about and stuff. Um, to understand gravity, Einstein's calculations and the reason that people don't like our gravity calculation that Einstein gave us is because when you do it, Based on a solid Earth, we should be flat pancakes, okay? Yeah, sure. So everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel on gravity. The gravity works just fine. It hasn't changed. The thing is, is you have to take and you have to consider the amount of matter and mass that's not really there because this planet is not Uh, solid all the way through to the core. And take that away, take away two-thirds of the matter, and gravity works just fine. If it was momentum and I jumped up and I was now traveling faster than the Earth, the Earth would not catch up with me. I would continue faster than what the Earth is. What brings me back down is gravity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I can get what you're saying, for sure. So there is an attraction there. (laughs) Yeah. Do I know at a molecular level or exactly what that attraction is? No. But all things attract, and all things have gravity, and Einstein's calculations are fine if you do the math and you put in the right stuff. The mathematics are lying because, and then people go, well, the mathematics are lying. I'm like, okay, then the input for the mathematics is lying, you know? So that's the end. What you need to understand is there's gravity in a few different directions, all right? So, us out here, we're pulled down by a heavy amount of gravity. Um, we have the crust below us. We have the inner core star, the other side of the crust, away from that. And then at nighttime, we have the sun, good God, all of that pulling us down. During the daytime, we get a lift from the sun. What people don't realize, they, they don't, they take notice of, 
But what they don't realize is when it's a full moon outside, people go nuts. They go out. They go party. Right, yeah. loony. Yeah. That's where they like loony meet. bins and all that. <laughs> yeah. And crazy as a loon. In a nursing home, you can always tell it's a full moon because they go crazy. They mm-hmm. they they're like, woo! I got this energy. Where did that come from? That energy is the extra pull of gravity lifting you up and making you giddy. Oh. You understand what I'm saying? Like a Ooh. brush of blood your head or something? You literally yeah. feel a little yeah. lighter and easier to move? Yeah, you feel a little lighter. You feel like, well, I can't sleep. Well, yeah, because man. of the you iron know, realize- The iron in our bodies probably being pulled by the gravity being uh, pulled by it's everything the in moon. Your body. Yeah. It's a, so when you're inside the earth, okay, the gravity of the inner sun is pulling you up. The other side of the gravity, uh, the crust, is pulling you up. The outer sun during your daytime inside the earth is pulling you up. And at your nighttime, that is when the sun is behind you. Now, why is it daytime on our nighttime and nighttime on their daytime? Okay? Let me explain this to you. This is my hypothesis on this. It's not a set in stone thing. But in Tibet, they have mandalas everywhere. You're Mm -hmm. familiar with the yin and yang, right? Of course. Right, right. Okay, the yin and yang is usually shown within a circle. The right. circle the, would be the, the representation and, of, mm-hmm. yeah, it's white and black. The circle would be a representation of hollow earth, right? And the yin and yang is actually a representation of the inner sun. In my thinking, this is a hypothesis. The inner sun is, like I said, the moon's going around and it's making the surface of it very pliable and hot. And Olaf Jansen described that that inner sun was very bright and white hot on one side, okay, during the daytime. But on the nighttime, was dark and slaggy and smoky and sparkled like the night sky. Why now, is only only half of it uh, illuminated? And that's where I'm getting to. This okay, is my hypothesis okay. on that. When you have slag material, it's cooler, more dense material that floats on the surface of the metal, okay? Okay. Now, what is our highest point of gravity in our solar system? The highest point of gravity is, I don't our know. Our external sun. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. So if all of that material is denser, it's going to coagulate to one side of that ball. And the side that it's going to coagulate towards is the external sun. So all of that dark, slaggy material is pointing Towards the external sun, making it nighttime in the earth when it's daytime on the outside. And when the earth crust goes around, and when you get to the other side of that sun, it's bright white hot. Mm. And all of that gravity is lifting you up at the shoulders. So the heaviest point in the time, the time when they have their heaviest gravity, they're sleeping anyways. So the sun's behind them while they're going to sleep. We're up working. <laughs> you know hmm. what I mean? How long so, are their days? So, is there how, any theory on that? real interesting. This is ours. The same as ours, hmm. 12 on, 12 off. It's just that the difference is, is the sun doesn't, I mean, the sun doesn't go around. The, the <laughs> sun doesn't go around there. It's not about where it's, you know, as we're spinning, the sun stays in one spot. Of course. But we are spinning. rotating. But what I'm saying is their sun stays stationary inside the planet. It's the crust that creates the day and night, same thing, just like us out here. But theirs always stays in the same spot in the sky. It just changes in appearance every 12 hours or 24, you know. And so 
here's the thing I want to get to you with that. Okay. Remember I was telling you there's like 750 miles of dense, lush atmosphere. Between the And then the pressure the crust are higher those... so it can support the, the atmosphere itself can help support larger animals. The gravity is less. So the gravity that makes sense. Again, all they have is the crust gravity below them, half of it, because gravity goes in two directions in the crust towards the center, towards the mantle of the crust. Everything else is pulling them up at the shoulder. Okay. Now, Avatar, here's a prime example of them Hollywood taking <laughs> something that was reported and using it in a movie. All right. There are yeah. trees the size of Avatar inside the earth. Okay. There are oh, tree of life or whatever. So 12 feet towards the equator. What happened in the second year that uh, they stayed there after they learned the language, they asked their keepers, which was the guys off the ship that they lived with and taught them about the inner earth, if they could go visit the rest of the inner earth. But they had to receive permission first. And so they they went to the main city inside of this inside of this realm, which I believe was Agartha, okay, or Asgard. They went to the city of Edon, which is translated from Old Germanic and Norwegian type speech to Eden. All right? Oh, they went Eden. To the city of, they went to the city of Eden, uh-huh. and there, there was a grand garden with a gigantic fountain flowing out of it from the aquifer that fed four rivers that went through that land okay and that 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 fountain is the biggest in inner earth and they call it the navel of earth they call the garden the cradle of life all right and they went to the, the to the king in there and they got permission from him to go around the lands this was further south towards the equator and the beings and the king there stood 16 feet tall. Now, how is that? Up towards the North Pole, where he ran, where they first ran into those beings, they were closer to the pole. The crust is thicker there, okay? The thicker crust is pulling down on them more than at the beings towards the equator, which are experiencing oh, less So they have more like density. gravity the other way. Yes, exactly. So they have less centrifugal force and gravity holding them down. So they're able to become bigger. And the closer you get to the equator, the bigger the animals. And this guy goes on to describe elephants in there that were 100 feet tall at the shoulder. Holy shit. Okay. That's like Lord of the Rings shit. Imagine the shit. Do you remember Neverending Story? Do you remember Neverending Story? I guess I remember the Neverending Story. story. Never any story. That giant there was turtle, a big giant tortoise in there. Yep. He describes that tortoise in this book. Where do you Shut think up. they got it from? Oh my god! Fuck! Look, you just so like that's where they got this from. <laughs> I got so you excited. Sorry. Yeah, that's like my youth right yeah, there. I got so, so excited. <laughs> they're in there, and and they decide they want to go home. They're like, uh, bad idea. You guys barely made it in here, and this time of year, you have to exit the South Pole. And it's bad. It's covered in ice. It's really bad. Yeah, we don't recommend that. But they said, we got to go home. You know, my dad misses his wife. I miss my mom. Well, they got to go all the way. For two years, you know, we got to go. And they, so they let them take as much gold as they could carry. It's all over in there. Okay. (laughs) They paved their streets with the yellow brick road. Getting it? Are you starting to see all this? And I'm from Kansas. (laughs) Okay. So this, this, they're, 
you're starting to get that there are little bits and pieces of this stuff in Hollywood. As a matter of fact, when yeah. I started coming out and talking about this in 2011, two years later, Thor comes out and they start putting Asgard on the other side of the universe, and the Rainbow Bridge is like a dimensional jumping gap. The, the Rainbow Bridge, guys, is the Bifrost, okay? And what it is is when Olaf Jansen and them were sailing in there, and they're sailing past all this ice. The inner light of the inner earth was going through it and creating crystal and rainbow oh, yeah, like, and everything. And like the, how the Vikings swim. reported the Bifrost to King James when they talked about going to the other side of flat earth. Because in those days, they didn't, you can't, it, it's so much well, the long distance inside the earth as well. You can't really tell that there's a curvature to it. Does that make sense to you? It's the same as out here. And you could see further. But these these guys didn't have a concept of the Earth being flat or not flat. You okay. know what I mean? When they went in, they just knew that they were on the other side. So you can't see like okay. you so can't when they see reported it. this stuff when they started invading England and doing their raids, and they reported this stuff to King James and rewrote the Bible. He wrote it flat on a table, you know. Gotcha. And with two sides to it. So so anyway, the, so, those, those sailors didn't see curvature like. In front of them, or uh, bending in front of them? Yeah, no, like when you play Halo and you can see the curve around in front of you. No, because you're talking about vast distances. The, okay, the and it has a thicker atmosphere, which would hide it. The polar, yeah. the polar opening doesn't even oh, open right. up until you're like... When you, start, when you start to travel from the polar opening where it starts to dip, it's about 1,800 miles, okay, to get from there to the inside of the Earth. And it, the hole is 90 miles wide, and there's clouds coming out of it. But you just kind of think there's clouds at all times. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, totally, absolutely. The sun dipped behind them, and they had a new sun rising up in front of them, and the wind was driving them north. That's huh. all that they noticed. Hmm. Yeah, so and what that about... Was the cold air rushing. That was the colder, dense air rushing in towards the pole hole while the steamy air was coming out from the center... And hitting the atmosphere and creating clouds. But what does right? that do and as far as direction-wise? Like, would a compass? If you had a compass, and you went into one of the like the pole hole, would that like, would it spin out of control? Would it? Yeah. As you what, flipped what they over, did, they, they they did back did have a compass, and it said they said, and the same thing Admiral Bird he experienced is they they go just crazy. Right. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it when, would, when like... It, it goes crazy, it's all convoluted there, and I believe that that's because of all of the particulate that's coming out, the decay from the inner sun and the energy mm-hmm. that's coming out of it. Well, I you're... believe that the inner sun is more like a dynamo, and that creates our electronic, uh, our, our electromagnetic... I'm losing my words. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Well, shit, yeah. Like, I mean, um, you're basically cruising the along the magnetic north pole or, like, oh, yeah, so down into it. That's got to fucking inside, go to it. Once you get inside the planet, you continue north all the way down to the south pole. And when you get to the south pole, you continue north all the way up. And if you're going the other direction, you're continuing south all the way through and all the way so back it's, up. So, it yeah, directions flip, are... But hmm. it acts crazy. It acts crazy when you get towards the poles, and I, I believe that it has to do with the curvature of the Earth, messing with it, also all the the charged particles that are bombarding in the area. What you have is you have like the decay of the inner sun, and it's going out in what I would call the space vortex 
All right. This is another hypothesis that I have that I pretty much could call a theory now. And what that is is a theory that not only do you have the polar vortex, which is the wind direction from warm air coming out and cold air going in, it speeds up during the winter because that's when your temperatures are not equal and you have cold air outside and warm air inside. Anyways, that speeds up that, that weather vortex from west to east. In the summer, you notice that the winds don't really go in any particular direction that much. They go a little bit mildly west to east. That's because the inner Earth temperature is pretty much equal on the outside to the outer Earth temperature. About 75 degrees at the poles. Okay, so okay? like when they equalize. Yeah, when they equalize, everything slows down. You don't have that strong west to east wind direction as much. Occasionally, you get ramps up, ramp ups of it, and sometimes you don't. But okay. the other theory I also had was that the way that planets make sounds, and they do all make sounds, at least the live ones, okay, and moons that are live too. And what I mean by live is that they have some kind of outside gravity influence, whether it be the planet that they're around or the moons themselves enacting on the planet. All of these things tug and pull and keep that planet alive. That doesn't mean it has life in it, but that means that planet, if it has the right there's, conditions on the inside, there's like it has life. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. any, anyway, so all of that, all of that's going on. And and what I what I proposed is that there is also an inner space to outer space. I couldn't call it an air exchange. But like uh, inner space to outer space, space there must be some space. kind of inner space to outer space vortex that rides up the center of the polar vortex. I just and I have a hard time picturing that because, you know, space isn't supposed to have anything in it. But it does because the astronauts could clearly smell. Supposedly, they could smell and space smells like exploded PNP. So there must I've be heard something that, in it for them to have I've heard really? that space smells like, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. It smells and like so, something burnt or, yeah. Yeah, it Sulf smells like exploded sulfur. Yeah, like like fireworks or something like you yeah. could, ball game or something. That couldn't so be there like... There has to be something in it. So I theorized that what has, is happening is that, that space vortex is going out. And what it does is it picks up the sounds of the... Weather vortex, the windy sounds, the the ooh, the humming sounds, and it it acts like a speaker essentially, and it expels that sound from the Earth in a different planet. They all have different total vibrations based on their polar vortex and size. They all have their own voice. Wow! Okay, be crazy if we could record that somehow. They they have they do they have they do have the sound of the Earth. Mm -hmm. And that, what I want your listeners saying. to listen to this very carefully. There is a baseball game that was played in New Jersey close to the Baffin Bay pole hole, okay, where I have actually found pictures, and I, I and I posted them on Facebook. I haven't been able to post them out yet beyond my phone to Facebook. I haven't done a video because I don't have internet at home. But the thing is, I found pictures where there's deformations in space over the Baffin Bay area. If you think of this thing like a tornado and the top whips around side to side, sometimes maybe even goes sideways a bit, what happens is that sound that usually travels out in outer space travels back into the Earth as well. Oh, I totally and at this baseball video. game, if you look up strange sounds heard at a baseball game, you're going to hear a sound, and it goes like a windy sound. Right. And it's very noisy, and they're like, what on earth could be that sound? It was just really eerie, and nobody knew. 
Did they finally release a that. statement saying, oh, it was just a training exercise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Oh, probably. But I don't think they ever explained that one. But now, wait, what, wait, hang on. Think... So so this sound is being, how do they record like a planet's sound? From space. Okay, like, but they, like, they, but does, a regular it, microphone does, it, does it sound need uh, need a medium to to exist? The, the, Air? the sound travels. They just record it now. Well, but how does it travel like without a medium? Spectrum of sound that they can only hear through special this and that and the other thing. Well, but no. literally, they're up there and they have sound re- recording equipment and they can record Earth sounds and all the different planet sounds. So if you go to YouTube and you listen to this baseball game and you go to YouTube and you listen to Earth sounds, they are an exact match. And okay, but but the only reason you're able. Planets. The only reason reason you're able to hear the sound is because it transfers through a medium. That medium being air, you know, a gas in space. It's a vacuum. There is, there is no air. So how does how does how does the sound from a planet transmit from? I don't think that I personally don't believe that space is completely empty space. That's I think why, that's why it has dust. a smell. I think it's full of dust and debris and everything right. else. It's just all microparticles. Yes, it's a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You're correct, and that and uh, how they record that, you know, I'm not them, but there are recordings of the sounds of Earth, hmm. and there is that sound of the baseball game, and many strange sounds are heard around the Earth, and they all match. Almost all of them match to that sound. There's another one in re- recorded in Florida during a storm, okay, and it's that same sound, but it sounds like it's more distant, further away. It's pretty much the same sound that you hear when the when the wind blows is pretty much what it what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. But if sometimes this space vortex wraps up and it comes back down and makes the sound back into the air. Well, here here's the thing. I, I wasn't sure if this really existed. It was just an idea that I had that there might be a polar vortex and a space vortex. Until I was watching a Cisco commercial. The Cisco commercial, at the top of it, it showed the planet Earth in it. And at the top of it, they had tried to diffuse the area with a compass. Now, I mean like the Freemason compass, okay? A triangle with a rounded bottom. And they tried to diffuse it where you wouldn't notice, but it actually brought my eyes right to it because I, I, I noticed it and I saw deformations in space. And I guess I should go back a little bit. When I started doing my research, I, I still, you know, the hollow earth made a lot of sense, but I didn't really, I was having a problem finding evidence. I could find pole holes on Venus. I could find polar vortexes on Saturn and Jupiter and pole holes and on moon and this and that and everything, but I couldn't find nothing on earth, nothing. And I, I in 2011, when I started doing this research, I went to take my sons to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. And they had a new display in their Space Odyssey Center. I couldn't see pirates for free, but I had a secondary mission here. I wanted to see in a Space Odyssey Center, which, by the way, is run by NASA. And that museum is a sister museum to the Smithsonian Institute. Okay? They have a Space Odyssey Center there. And I went in and I saw all the planets. And they had all their little, you know, northern lights. I wanted to see that first. But they had the angles so that you couldn't see any holes, all right? So they, they had pictures of the ball. And then they had this new display, and they were showing earthquakes around the world. And all it showed was purple for the ocean, and it showed the land masses. So I looked at the North Pole, 
because this guy said, can I look at, at Alaska? That's where I live. So they tilted the imagery. And I looked at the North Pole, and it was just represented by open water. I went around to look at Antarctica since they tilted it down for Alaska, and there was Antarctica, and it had the freaking pole in it, buddy. I snapped two pictures of it. It had a pole hole, and it had breaks in the ice sheet, and it had rivers coming out of it. Okay? This was imagery that they didn't know that I was going to be there on that day to see what was going on. And I was looking specifically for that. Got lucky. Got NASA imagery that wasn't covered up. If you look up Antarctica, you're, what you're going to find is if you look at Antarctica, there's a square or a circle around the pole hole area. And yeah, I, I locked, actually tried that. In. Yeah, I tried that. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't really. I mean, I didn't put a whole bunch of uh, effort into it, but <laughs> you know, I mean, a good solid thirty minutes. You know, trying to find a picture. And I mean, I'd like to and think I, that I've I can work Google and, and other pictures. I can send you. I've got uh, yeah, a link. I can just link it to Brandon. Uh, you right know what? Now. You know, I just Googled, I just Googled it, and the first thing that popped up, and I can see the South Pole hole there's right a, now. There's a spot for sure. That's a spot, and it looks like that's the pole hole right there. Yeah, zoom into that one. I can't. You might actually just look up Chris Baird, Antarctica, and Google, and you'll find the picture that I took, or Let's one of them. Let's see. There, or look up Chris Baird theory, and you'll find the picture. You'll find it. I mean, it's out there. People put it out there in like 2012. But what happened later that year, okay, first first I found that one hole, all right? And there then later that year, I was trying to find anything in the North Pole, and that was even harder. And let me tell you, and one day I was watching Deadliest Catch. I'm sure you all have maybe right. heard yeah, of the yeah, show, yeah. if not seen it. In the imagery in 2011 and before, what they did is they came from back from commercial. They showed the entire planet Earth and North America, and then they zoomed in towards America as they went to the left of the screen, and then they went over to Alaska. Then it turned to black and white and went into digital imagery showing where the ships were, and they'd be like, and here's the Northwestern, or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But anyways, at that initial picture of Earth, there was a clear image showing an indentation at the North Pole where the pole hole was in a black spot, and then there was a hole in Bath Bay with clouds coming out of it and a vortex coming out of it going all the way up into outer space. And I stopped it, and I took a bunch of pictures of those. And at this point, I took those pictures, and I dropped them off anonymously over to CSU, okay? And with all the information I found and said, okay, obviously there's enough evidence here. You guys should be looking into this. I also called Discovery Channel to see if I could get rights to merchandise the, the images that I got because it's one thing for fair use for me to just say, I got these off of the show. Here you go. You can take a look, you know, fair use and education. But I wanted more. I wanted to find out if I could have these and actually make a book and put them in there and publish it and that kind of thing. Got no response. You know what they did the next season? They did away with that imagery. They got rid of it. They got rid of it in 2012 and beyond Hmm. when the commercial came back and only showed North America. They plugged the hole. Baffin Bay and North Pole, and then it just went over to Alaska. Now, I'm not saying that was because of me. But it obviously doesn't make sense for them to suddenly change the imagery without reason. And the only reason I could think of was that I requested that I could keep that imagery and use it for myself. Yeah. I made various phone calls and emails to him back then. Yeah. I don't have them still, but that's huh. what I did at that time. Okay. 
Um, and like I said, I went to CSU and I dropped off these images to the heads of sciences department over there anonymously. I didn't want anything back. I didn't want to <laughs> say hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, here's the target and, on my and, back. So then when I found this book, I ran into this book. I contacted the guy who narrated it, not wrote it, but narrated it, Stefan Sandoni. He's a good friend of mine now. And Stefan and I, about ooh, a year ago, I pushed him into this, and I said, hey, we've got to find out if this Olaf Jansen guy is real. Okay? Yeah, how and do you— he, he, he lives in New York, right next to the library. And so he has all the records for Ellis Island, all that stuff. Okay? And he did a research project with me. We found out he was really there. He was really in Chicago. The captains that were in the boat, the the story, because eventually they come out and they, they they do they barely make it out of the South Pole. Uh, what happens to their boat is it's hit by an iceberg. It capsizes. His dad drowns with the ship. Their gold's gone. He's stuck on an iceberg. A whaler comes by, rescues him. He starts telling the story. They throw him in the brig. He comes out and says, "I was delirious." They're happy. Yay! They take him all the way back home. When he gets home, he finds out that his mother's died and his uncle is, has taken over his lands. He proposes ah. to his uncle that his uncle give him some money and give him some money, and he tells his uncle why for his expedition to inner earth. He calls up the constables and says, let's tell the story of the constables, and he does, and they knock him into a freaking mental institution for 27 years. He spent 27 years of his adult life in a mental institution, no marriage, no nothing, came out an old man. He goes back instinctively to the sea. By this time, his uncle's dead. The lands are gone. He has nothing. So he goes back to the sea, builds up his own fleet, eventually settles in America, settles in Chicago. Okay, In Chicago, he meets this kind of scam artist book writer, George Willis Emerson, who's been scandalous and has done these land contracts in Nebraska and stuff. It's not really good. And it's, you know, we we, we, we guess they probably met at a bar. Just a wild guess. <laughs> Being that he's an ex-sailor, right? Well, so sure. He, he tells this guy, he goes, I, I got something that'll, that'll tickle your interest, but I ain't telling you until I'm going to be dead. I'm not spending any more time in jail. So this guy, who's not very successful, he wrote a couple books, nothing like this at all. Nothing like this at all. Follows him to L.A., and upon his deathbed, he handed him all of his maps and all of his stuff. Said, here you go, and told his story on his deathbed. And this is the biography written as a novelette so that George Willis Emerson could distance himself from it being factual truth. Oh, babe, what and, do they call that? Faction. Yeah, it, 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 fiction. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's so, fiction, so but it. based on fact. Fiction and nonfiction. Right, they call it faction, I think, fiction. is the term I heard. yeah. Anyway, so it'd sorry. be a fictional story, but novelette. But it's not because because when he did his research, Stefan found where he had come to. I believe where he came to Ellis Island, also where he lived in uh, in the. He found voter registration uh, stuff like that and uh, demographics and things. And he found Olaf Jansen being in Chicago at the same time, written in the book. He found him in L.A. and he actually did a. Um, the Smoky God revealed video, but it's been it's been hidden on YouTube. It's very hard to find. You have to look up W E B F L I X S Web Flicks with an X, okay, and an S at the end. And when you look oh, up okay. Web Flicks, you look for a broken image video, 
It says smoky earth reveal, uh, smoky God revealed. And in that broken image video is the documentary about 15 minutes long that him and I worked on together that he produced. He produced it himself, but gave me a little bit of credit at the end. And okay. he's actually, he's, he's going to remake it. It has a couple of my pictures in there. Uh, Stefan himself is a big researcher on like Mount Shasta and Telos. But uh, what really got him started was uh, in his own journey is that he uh, got wrapped up with some guys, I believe at the Canadian border at the same time he was crossing right before 9-11 and became a 9-11 researcher after that. And then he's researched many things. And so he was probably one of the instrumental guys in bringing out the 9-11 was perhaps a hoax all that stuff yeah that's That's a big uh that's a big theory and everything um but he he does he does do you know mount shaft telos all that kind of thing uh he he's had his own ups and downs with that and and you know maybe you guys might want to interview him sometime he has a lot of good information on that yeah we should try to get him on organizations and stuff with that and he kicks off some of the followers stuff but anyways um so the thing with hollow earth is great. Planets are hollow. Yeah. We, we got that. I mean, I pretty much explained to you how they work. Here, Here's where we get into my big picture piece of the whole puzzle and why we're not being told about this. Yeah, here's... Why it's so important that they're not telling us about it. Why we actually attack UFO craft that we... Not the ones that we have reverse engineered. But when you see an, an actual UFO, you will know because pretty soon, 10 minutes after, a fighter jet will fly in the area and fly over. I've seen them twice, and the same thing happened, okay? Okay. And, and the reason is is because they're keeping them away from us. Now, this is where you get into Richard, Admiral Richard Byrd. Did you guys even hear of him before this? I know about Admiral Byrd. Yeah, he talked about that yeah. there's a landmass yeah, further than uh... – and in, in the flat earthers talk about yeah, flurthers love them. Now that's yeah. proof of the puddler. All that the reason that there's no oasis down there is because that's where the water's coming out and the steam is coming out and it's melting the ice in that area. Uh huh. Now you get now you get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they are down there. There there is an actual civilization that got buried underneath the ice. And this is uh, well, what I want you to understand is you got to go to the Sumerian tablets for some of these answers, and you got to piece them together with the Bible, and then you have to piece them together with what I call the Kiss Principle. And it's not my principle. It's an actual principle in learning automotive, which is what I did before. And it stands for keep it simple, stupid. That's right, kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so pretty much what the, the Sumerians say is that there was a deluge. And the deluge caused the ice sheet in the over Ant- Antarctica to slip off, hit the ocean, and cause a deluge that washed over the, the, all of the land. All right? Okay. This was also written by men from stories handed down to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is Zachariah Sitchin, and a lot of people like to throw out Zachariah Sitchin. But I don't. There's other reasons that I don't. And they, they 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 get a lot of money by debunking this word and that word and this word and that word, but they don't debunk the whole thing. Okay, and yes, he was part of the Freemasonry and all of that stuff, but he he. He puts stuff out there in this that's pretty compelling and batches other stories. Um, anyway, so here, here's what my thinking on Noah's flood was, all right? First off, 
where we're going to start here is that the Earth used to be two-thirds smaller than what it is now. And what caused that? There was a collision. We were told that in science class. A moon hit our Earth, punched through it, came out, and supposedly another moon formed and the planet formed. I don't believe that. I don't believe our moon is from that collision. Hmm. Not at all. It doesn't. It doesn't look like a broken mass at all slammed down on itself, okay? And Earth is a big, crumpled, jagged mess with tall mountains and, and deep oceans and things like that. Where's all the water that would have, you know, all the water and atmosphere and all the stuff just like Earth that should be on the moon? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if those two came together and they were a liquid ball and they ran into each other and then they pulled apart and ran into each other and then the moon formed separately from us. Where is all of its stuff just like Earth? But no. nothing could really survive out there and doesn't have its own atmosphere. That's why it's uh, that's why it's not like Earth. Yeah, but it can't. According to them, the moon hit the Earth and they became one liquid mass and were rolling around each other and going into each other and then they kind of pulled apart and they stretched and then the little center snapped and then they became the, the two new planet, the planet Earth and the moon. I don't think it happened that way at all. Honestly, yeah. here's my hypothesis on it. I believe that the Earth was once Marduk, and Marduk used to sit in the place where the asteroid belt was. At some point, an extraplanetary object, or Nubiru itself, if you've heard of that, oh, yeah, we've heard through, Nubiru. punched through planet Earth, rammed its core, went out the other side and continued on, stripped some of its moons off, knocked the air around. The other three planets in our solar system are most likely, the inner inner planets are most likely moons that were left over from old Earth that landed where they ended up landing. The moons that are around Mars that are broken fragments are probably big chunks from this, okay? And Earth came, and it fell, and it collapsed, and it collapsed into a grave of its own water. And it was covered in water, two-thirds smaller than what we are now. And it had oceans over everything. Up here in Colorado, I can walk, well, I'll drive about 15 minutes and <laughs> go out to a field, and I can pick up seashells on the ground, all right? I can drive up to the mountains, and I can pick up seashells and rocks laden with seashells in pretty much every area of Colorado. Why? Because it was all underwater at one time. Now, yeah. what, the, what they want to tell you is that the Earth had Pangea, and Pangea broke apart, and it's just floating around. And if we were a solid Earth, you would think that the Pangea crust pieces would capsize back down to the core in the mantle like a lava lamp, and then they would float back up and new crust would form, right? But what we see is we see what looks more like a puzzle that's been expanded outwards in a lot of directions, okay? Yeah. Well, then people say, well, plate tectonics proves that wrong. No, it doesn't. Not in my opinion. What it proves, plate, plate tectonics is a lie. And what it is, is, is the Earth re-expanded and expanded out of its water, and it formed its new ocean floors only, what, 70, some people say 70,000. I've read another article. It's 140 million years ago. But as it started expanding outward again, it expanded faster on the Pacific side because it's a weaker part of the Earth from this collision. And that's why it's so and much it's bigger? And it's forming faster, and it's squeezing the Atlantic side and pushing up the Himalaya Mountains. Okay? The Earth used to be two-thirds smaller, and it was a big, jagged mess underneath the water, and it's expanded out again. And right. That, 
Well, you said earlier that, that as, it, as it hardens or cools, the, it expands. And then moon either was here and followed us during after the collision of the moon that punched through us or planet that punched through us, or it came after. Now, according to the Sumerians, it's called Kingu, the Wanderer, all right? It, it, and other people say that it was actually completely constructed by the Greys, that they came from 27, uh, 27th planet way out in space, somehow flew the moon here. Say the Greys? In a perfect trajectory. Yeah, the Greys. The Greys, holy UFO, shit, that's an alien. That's oh, I love it. That's what some UFOologists say, but I don't buy into that whole thing. I think it's just one of the moons that was round older and it stayed with us. Okay. And so it, it going around reheated the core and all of the elements like gold, iron, nickel, all that stuff, came raining down from the fractured core of the planet. When that planet when that planet or moon went through and fractured the inner star and punched out and kept going, it fractured all of this gold out of that core and iron and nickel and crystal and all that stuff, and it rained back down on the planet. And that's why a lot of the gold nuggets and things that you find look like meteorites because they, were, they came raining back down upon the surface of the Earth. And Earth is rare in so many different categories because it has gold and iron and stuff like that in abundance on it, okay, where other planets don't. It's in the right place to where it can be mined externally and internally, but externally, and beings can live on it, all right? It's in – it just – Earth is magical. I mean, it's just – So magical. Even here in the first place, you know, and – Here's the thing that people don't get. Chemtrails and all that, they're spraying aluminum oxides and stuff like that in there to keep the heat in so that we can mine gold. And what you need to understand about that part of it is who they are. And they mentioned in the Bible, they mentioned in the Bible are mentioned right before the story of Noah. Now, in the story of Noah, it says God is speaking to the Lord. And Lord is listening to God. And God says, the Anunnaki that came down and mated with the human beings made all of these, what we, what shall we call DNA screw-ups. And I want you to destroy the fountains of the deep and flood the earth. Destroy it. So that's what happened. The fountains of the deep. Now we could assume uh, that's many things. But going knowing as much as I do about hollow earth, I assume that either an, uh, a they purposely blew up the aquifer fountains inside the earth where all the fresh water drains down and comes out in mineral fountains, or there was an earthquake and it destroyed them. And this backed up the aquifer and the water coming out of the pool still continued to flow out because of centrifugal force and gravity, but it didn't have a way to drain back in. And this caused overheating in the earth and the overheating in the earth caused evaporation and the mass evaporation coming out was creating an epic worldwide storm on the surface of the planet, and all the water from inside the earth was now upon the face. It says it right there in the Bible, that all the waters from under heaven were now upon the face of the earth. Now, Christian teaching in, in schools tells you God poked his finger in a dome, and the water came down right upon the earth, right? Okay. Uh, not, not that I'd ever heard, but that's, that's a funny image. Yeah, that, that's what I've heard from another person. I didn't go that far in Christian school, but yeah, that's what I've heard. It, that's what people say is God poked it. 
But um, everybody loves Chris Angel. If all this water's flowing out the poles, and it starts lifting up the ice sheet at the South Pole, and then the ice slips off and slams into the ocean, and this epic tidal wave goes across the Earth, that could explain the Sumerians and their deluge. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So. So all. Okay, so this so, wasn't something that God sent upon the earth. This was like just an occurrence due to. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm not going there. Like I said, I've moved on from Christianity religion. Right, right, here, right, here's right. The thing. Here, here's the thing. Nubaru, which is mentioned in Revelations as wormwood, okay, has an appearance, uh, or one of its planets has an appearance of planked wood that is red in hue with black spots that look like big explosions or craters, but to the trained eye, watching it as it passes, it looks like planks of wood going across, just like Jupiter has bands of weather and Saturn and stuff like that. This looks like red, like planks of wood, okay? And as it goes through, the Hopi Indians also call this thing the Red Kachina, okay? And then they, they have stories about it as well. And there's other historical stories about Nubru and, and all of those things. Okay, so, so hang on, the... hang on, hang on, Chris. Let me let me try and I just I just want to step back and try and sum all of this up because I mean you <laughs> just yeah. we've absorbed so yeah, much outpoured information. Yeah, so much. I just want to make sure that we have a, a just a basic grasp on this on this topic. So what you're saying is that the Earth is um, like basically mostly hollow. Like what? What did you say? Like five hundred miles? Uh, no, like seven fifty. No, if you take the whole, if you take the whole Earth, which is like I don't remember the exact. Well, no, just like, like the the the, well, the point, crust that we live on. It was like five hundred, six hundred miles, miles or something like that. And then it's just an atmosphere. No, it's like three hundred miles thick at the poles. It's thinner towards the equator, and it's especially thinner towards the Pacific Plate. Oh, I got you. Okay, so it's thinner uh, away from the poles. Right. I got you. Um, yes, and and the natural planet formation, it would be an equal consistency thick pretty much through. You'd be 300 miles down to 100 miles, back up to 300 miles, right? or whatever the planet is. But Earth, because it was destroyed and crumpled back down, it's re-expanding. Now the, the mantle that's in between the crustal layers is having to stretch out and create our ocean floor. Okay. Okay, I got you. And so it's pulling. It's pull, whenever it's expanding on the Pacific Plate, you get these fissures in lava. The mantle within the crust comes out and fills in that gap. And there's tons of areas under the water where it looks like the Earth has stretch marks right. from re-expanding. But it's expanding so fast on the Pacific side, like a weak balloon with a bad spot that it's pushing on the Atlantic side and squeezing it, and it's actually subducting some of that. And it's causing it to look like tectonic plates. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, I can. Fi- I can figure that out. Okay, so there you go. Um, it's, and uh, where I was going with all the rest, rest of this stuff is just the ancient Sumerians pretty much say that they came here to mine gold. They need gold just like they're using geoengineering on our planet to heat it up. They need gold because their planet goes in a long elliptical orbit around the sun. And when it gets too close, just like a comet, it burns off the atmosphere and it ruins it. They need gold to put into their atmosphere to protect it. Back in the old days of the planet, the planet had a volcanic surface. They lived inside their world, just like Earth is hollow. Their world was hollow, too. Okay, And their, their ash from their volcanoes started to go away. So they sent nuclear weapons to the surface and blasted it all to hell 
which is what makes it have the appearance of planks of wood because it has craters from these explosions where they blew it open, hoping to get the volcanic activity going again. That didn't work. So then they tried going and mining gold from the uh, asteroid belt. That didn't work, and it destroyed all their ships. And so Anu, the king's cup servant, challenged him to naked hand-to-hand combat because they didn't have war, and you had to go into a battle. They, they had to go into this battle naked so they knew you didn't have weapons, and that's the basics for the Olympics. All this stuff goes back to it. They actually coined the term weapons of mass destruction from that book, from Zachariah Sitchin's translations, weapons of mass destruction. That is what Alalu used to blast his way through the asteroid belt to come here to find <sighs> gold in his last desperate attempt after being beaten by this other guy who overtook his throne after the first two attempts failed, he lands here, he finds gold, radios back to Nibiru, but when they get here and they start mining gold, they're getting sick and busy from being on the outside of our planet when they're used to living in a lush tropical atmosphere on the inside of theirs. And so they decide to create humans. And they've created the first humans, but the first humans, they mated with them. They got too smart. And one of the, one of the two out of the two sides of these two arguing factions between Alalu's ancestors and Anu's ancestors decided to warn his descendants of his obviously having sex with humans, one of his families that really, really took care, you know, to, to pay attention to him, told him to build the ark, gave him all the animals to put on it, hid this from the other god, if you want to call them gods, and they flooded the, the when Nubaru came by, flipped the poles, caused massive earthquakes, caused this break of these fountains. Water comes shooting out the poles, knocks the land off of the, the, the ice off the land, causes the late deluge and the flood on Earth, then slowly the waters recede as they, they repair these fountains. And then Adam, or, or not Adam, but Noah is left, okay, if you can believe all this. And then he is left in charge, his dynasty, which is the Jewish dynasty, okay, uh, who uh, later became the pharaohs through the bloodlines of Joseph when he was given the throne by his predecessor. And they have continued to be in charge of the newer humans that were placed here that are weaker ever since then. Okay, most of us are created after the deluge. There are the elite honor planets that are the different bloodlines, and those bloodlines are in charge of making sure that they keep mining gold and doing their job. Those and are like the rich, rich son of a guns that roll our world. Don't give up. F about you, me, or anybody. Okay. All their job is to do is mine this planet, stay in charge, not lose their position of power and all of their money, and live like kings and queens on this world. And they don't give a crap about you. They don't care about what's being sprayed in the air. They no, get to they be, don't. They're, they're, they're like the masters underneath the masters. Or what the putting and, our food, like with the Monsanto yeah, thing. Like so the they don't give a fuck. Or, the Anunnaki are not fallen angels at all. The Anunnaki were the heroes of Nubaru that came here originally to mine gold. And they created us. They created us from some apes that they trapped in cages. And the apes kept trying to break their friends out of the cages. And they... They didn't have as much empathy in their world. They stopped war out of necessity because the dander blew themselves up. And if you go back and just read these things, okay, the translations online, look up words of Anki and read them, you'll learn all kinds of stuff from them. But the, the thing is, is that if all of this can be believed, it makes sense with our society that it's all geared towards mining gold, okay? 
and that the reason why that they would keep any kind of outside influence getting to us, all right, that they would be worried that the inner earth people would come and try to free us, give us this knowledge. And, and that is that is saying that they're even trying to, and they're not the Anunnaki themselves, if the Anunnaki even exists. But when you go to the we Sumerian tablet, Zachariah Stitchin's translations, he's not the only one out there. I was telling you about the Hopi Indians and their stories, and and we'll probably have to wrap up here soon. Yeah, you guys have to go. But uh, the Hopi Indians all over the um, Grand Canyon, there's hieroglyphs of men in spacesuits and then these ant-looking people. Okay, and if you look up the our Hollow Earth, which is Rodney Clough's site, there's a great story in there about a gentleman who had the pleasure of getting invited by one of the guys who knew the elders and knew about the secret entrance in the Grand Canyon to the city of the ant people. And what their job was, the Hopi's job was, was to mine salt. Salt is rare inside of planets. It's the deposits that form on the outside of the earth. So they would bring salt to the ant people. The ant people would bring the salt then to the inner earth, the ant people would return to their city with food and gold. They would in turn give that food and gold to the Hopi Indians who took it to the surface to feed their tribe in these deserts, who continued to mine salt and stored the gold for the Sky Brothers. Okay? The Sky Brothers would come and get the gold. And four times in their recorded history, they had to retreat into the ground, okay, into the city of the Sky people to survive four times. That first the blue kachina came, then the red kachina, which they called the destroyer. The destroyer had two long tails. Now, I believe that those tails are the tails of iron and all kinds of crud from the from the planet or sun, whether you want to call it Nubiru or you want to call it one of Nubiru's planets, that hit old Earth, Marduk, busted through it, and all those fragments are what's tailing behind them from that collision. Okay, that's just a wild guess. Like I said it's all theory. This right. Part yeah, yeah. There's no way to really to know for I, sure. That's the best I can we find with know. all the research that I've done. Is that Earth possibly used to be in a six planetary position, got crunched, ended up where we are now, and then sort it, like it re-expanded. And like we're here. Ball. They come. They come. They 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 need gold. They make us. We're slaves. Then they flood it because they made a big mess. Uh, they were supposed to get rid of them all, but one guy didn't, and this pissed off the two factions, and there's been like a religious or factional war between religions ever since, which branched back to these two characters, which we call Mohammed and Jesus, okay, or God, Mohammed and Allah, or whatever, but it's different right. different names. It's these two warring factions, and it goes back to these two main Anunnaki or Nubiru guys, the king, Anu, and Alalu, and their descendants. And uh, Anu actually came back to Earth because Alalu, after he found the gold, challenged him back for his kingship, and they had a massive wrestling match, and uh, he lost again, and he was so bitter he reached <laughs> up and bit off his pecker and swallowed it. Whoa. Wait, so what? Like, Whoa. You don't what? just throw that yeah. out. So, like, That's yeah. a real true damn story. Kind of sweep that totally under the rug. rug. Yeah. So, so, so they were nude wrestling, so ancient Greek Olympic style. Yes. Minus and the gay on, sex. You're on Earth. Of course. You're on Earth. And he finally... ripped his dick and off and swallowed it? He bit it off. He bit it off. Yep. 
So they banished him to Mars, which is a way station between here and there that they they stole all the water from there. It's not the bad enough you ripped his dick off, then you got to banish him. Uh, no, no, no. They banished the they banished the original king oh, because oh. of what he did to the because king. he ripped a dick off words, an the guy that challenged him. <laughs> the guy that challenged him after he screwed up with the whole going to the the blowing up the surface of the planet and going to the asteroid belt and having all the ships destroyed. His cup serving Anu ended up kicking his butt in a wrestling match, and then he was pissed and he flew to Earth and he found gold. And then he said, "Get your butt down here! I want to challenge you again, right?" Oh wow! And he's like, "No, I'm not that stupid." So he sends his son and and that other guy's son, and they come to Earth. I'll and beat then your gosh darn ass! Come, eventually, they and Alu's like, "Hey, you're a chicken! Get your butt down here!" So Anu comes. And they have another wrestling match here on Earth. Oh, here we go. And he's so bitter. He's so bitter. Alu's so bitter because he lost. He just reaches up, rips his junk off, and uh, ate it. And so they wow. had so That was just commonplace back then, I guess, huh? I mean, and so they I've been pretty pissed him. off at some people, but... Never that many, right? <laughs> yeah. They banished him to Mars. And when he went to Mars, he ended up dying, of course. Can't live on that planet. But they called the Anunnaki of Earth, the heroes of Nubaru. They call the way station on Mars, they call them the Igigi, and then you have the people of now, Nubaru. is all this... Like... And the reason that they stole the water from Mars is because, remember, Alalu came through, he launched a nuclear weapon in space to blow up the rocks to get through the asteroid belt to get here? That's against intergalactic law. You're not supposed to do that, according to these things. So right. they used water... They used water in their vessels to spray back and forth. Plus, Nubru was losing water at a rapid rate every time it was going around. And that's why they needed this gold to, 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 to use as geoengineering on their planet. The way the gold works is they spray it in their atmosphere. When it gets really close to the sun, it fuses and creates a shield okay. that helps hold the atmosphere in. All when right. it goes out in the deep space again, it keeps the heat in. Okay, That's so hang, you're, you've given us like a 45-minute history lesson on mm-hmm. on ancient uh, different mythologies and yep. gods and battles. Is is this all part of Hollow Earth at all, or is this like, like cover up? Your own your own theory the, on how things came to be. Like, my, is this part it, of the actual? The whole thing with Hollow Earth is that, and how it ties in is people have dismissed. Sitchin, the Sumerian tablets, and all of that, because they think the Earth, that the planet is solid. It describes it as being a volcanic surface. That they launched nuclear weapons at it that would have blown themselves up to blow these volcanoes to three volcanoes. Right. And what they what they don't understand is if the world is hollow, this is all very viable and all very well could be okay. real. Because most planets are hollow, moons are hollow, what have you, and these people lived inside their world. And right. so when it says that they sent nuclear weapons out and blew up the face and that the valleys shook within their world, they're talking about they're inside the planet safe from all of these explosions, okay? So when you are able to realize that and you piece everything together, you start to get this big picture. And the big picture is is that the reason that our rulers run the world the way they do is either A, they believe all of this, okay, and that they are – some kind of gods above us put here to rule over us and people like Kip are really crazy believe all this or it's true 
And that's exactly what we are doing. You're mining gold. And be thankful if you're having a bad day. Be thankful that you weren't incarnated on Mars and you were right. not born on Mars and part of their mining colonies under the ground. Well, we've all seen Total Recall. We know what happens on Mars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, I mean, Chris, they, Chris. So <sighs> just just sum it all up right now. Is, uh, is the Earth all hollow or not? Oh, the Earth is 100% hollow. The rest of it, the last 45 minutes, was some conjecture and a based on a lot of stuff like research. <laughs> but the, the now, Earth, now was that the personal research? Planets are hollow. They're like terrariums, and there's beings in them. There's the Venetians. There's all kinds of beings. The the uh, only reason I got into the whole Marduk deal was just because a guy got a hold of me in 2012 after my first series, which I've since taken down because I was going to redo it and did it in 2013 and so on. This guy got a hold of me and said that the Greek mythology said that Earth, in fact, was Marduk and that the people of Saturn went, uh, of Earth went to Saturn because of this impending uh, destruction. And they came down, and they're the ones that blew up the fountains and caused the flood because when they created humans, they stole, they stole our souls. Okay, but how how are these, (laughs) how are we like just jumping from planet to planet like how how is interplanetary travel so possible and common like oh this sucks i'm just gonna fucking jump to saturn well really you quick. got you're thinking you're thinking of the human terms in our age our age isn't very long That's the true. age of the universe that is, true. is very very long okay so and the whole idea the whole idea according to the sumerians is that they were seated by the syrians and the way that this happened is uh, you got to think a bigger picture. The sun actually makes an orbit closer to the center of the galaxy and then further out. Not too far, just within its band. And it's actually doing that because a lot of suns are actually coming closer together and further apart and closer together. And they all kind of dance to each other in their star cluster. Have you ever heard this term, star cluster? Uh, I have, yes. a cluster yes. of stars that orbit each other. Not like a binary star where they're really close together, but like a star cluster that come further apart or go further apart and then come closer together. Well, Earth supposedly comes close to this Nubiru, and then it goes further away, all right? And according to them, they actually it actually goes around our sun and heads way off back out in the deep space by the Syrians. So the Syrians just seeded their planet, hitched a ride here, over 2,800 years, whatever. And that's another really quick thing I want to touch on is the story of Adam and Eve living to be a 1,000 years old. The reason that beings live so long inside of planets is they're not bombarded by X-rays and external sun and have all this gravity pulling them down and pollution and all that jazz. They're inside a planet. Their Garden of Eden isn't destroyed. They have fresh minerals. They have a radiant heat sun, not... All, all of this other stuff uh, bombarding them, like gamma radiation and all that stuff. And so they live to be a lot longer. According okay. to that, to what what, what uh, Olaf Jansen said, about a thousand years. Okay? Now, according to the Sumerians, the people on Nubiru, the long-lasting life gods, live to be 200 to 300,000 years old with their advanced technology they have the ability to slow. They they've conquered their DNA. They have the ability to slow down age. Uh, they use whirling stones to actually revive people. They actually sent somebody to Mars later because Annie decided to forgive Alalu for what he did. 
they sent a uh, crew to go and actually revive Alalu on Mars, but when they found his body, it had turned to dust and bone. They couldn't bring him back. Man, so, we are getting so off topic over here. <laughs> But it is yeah. it's so good to have you join us, man. We might have to do a part two yeah. or something. You like, definitely <laughs> need to come back and just like no, talk our ear off some more. I got it all out there. All right. But, so where can but, we uh, see your work, brother? Well, that's the biggest problem for me in my life. Like I said, I've been retired from doing this for two years. The reason I did that is I started an original YouTube series. It had thousands of views, and I made another one. Um, it started climbing in views like 400 in the first day, and then boom, my counters froze. Then my computer completely melted down, locked down. I uh, got to the point where I. So just you gave think up you're being silent? Wow. <laughs> and just today, just so you know, I had talked to Brandon on the messenger about posting this uh, interview when it came up. Now, I, again, I'm not like this. Kind of goes back to the whole: Did Discovery Channel change its imagery because of me? No, but there's evidence that it could have been, okay? Absolutely. Not going to go as far as sure. to say that they did it because of me, but there's a possibility. Know, I don't know about that. Today, when I downloaded my app, there was an update. When I went into my groups and all the groups that I'm in, I cannot go up to the top of the screen where it shows the, the part where you can actually download information or, or a story or a comment. I can comment on my old stuff. So then I deleted Facebook and I put it back in again. Lo and behold, I couldn't. But then I went through the internet, went through the internet side, and it's just fine. Now, either everybody in the world is having that problem, or I'm having that problem. My goodness. Okay? Hmm. And, wow. I, and I, I've been through a lot of different phone, a uh, couple different phone companies. My internet constantly kicks off of my phone and kicks back on. It doesn't matter what phone company with I'm with. What phone and nobody I've else had. in your area um, has this problem? No, no. And, and, and I, you, as crazy as you might think that that's sounding... My friend Stefan Sindoni, he has had much worse. He's had his life attempted on uh, back Holy when shit. he was doing the 9-11 stuff. See, this is and what we should have been getting into. Uh, he this has, is crazy. He's has constant issues to this day. That's their whole ball of wax. You want to talk to somebody that's been through a yeah, lot because of his research, ball of wax. that's <laughs> one guy that you could talk yeah. to. All right. But, yeah, uh, we definitely need know, to talk he, to him. He does the Mount Shasta, the, the Telos, and all of that stuff, and uh, Lord Caldrain. He adapts his specialty, man. Um, so just have Brandon get old of me if you guys are interested in that or you're oh, you definitely are interested in talking to touch. him. Great. You know, awesome. I would love that. He, he 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 actually went to claim the reward for Osama bin Laden because he did some research and found out that one of the Osama bin Ladens in line looked a lot like our ex president. Uh -oh. And he actually went to claim it next, and literally, <laughs> and we were talking, we were talking about this. We were talking about him going to claim it, and then the next day on the news, boom, Obama's uh, killed Osama and dumped him in the ocean. <laughs> no yeah. pictures. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest thing ever, right? But yeah. I happened to be talking to Stefan at the time this whole thing happened, so... So you guys you know, are, you guys are bugged and heavily monitored. Go back to where you came from. Like I said, for people who haven't done research, you look at it and you say, ah, oh, that guy's completely just nuts. That stuff doesn't happen. Why would they do that? But that is what the NSA job, job is. Oh, yeah. I, okay, uh, to, to go out, silence some beef people, about the shut NSA. down websites, to screw with you. This is what they do, people. Yep. They tag onto your phone calls. Wake the they fuck up. They pops you here. Yep. They, they, they are 
out there to suppress things. Uh, they have I'm been snowed in this whole, whole phone call. Uh, I am as clearly as we did. Well, I'm hey, Chris, you know, <laughs> well, there were actually there were actually a few little blurps or your voice kind of modulated or fuzzed out a few yeah. times. Yeah, I mean, we were trying to listen and there were some times there, there were some like times it kind of <laughs> staticed out here and there. Now, I don't know if that's well, mountainous interference. On, and I do apologize about that. See, just happened. I have, one. do have interference. I also have... See, is it now? Is it new, that or is uh, it the NSA? Right Ooh. outside of my house, I have four of those new uh, fancy uh, electric things because I'm on the townhome and I'm on the side where these electric meters are. And there's huh. stuff all over the internet about them giving off EMF and interference. That could be what's messing oh, with my internet. You well. know, hey, you know, Chris, so, I, I got this idea, man. Like, so... Let's pretend for a second that you know, I mean you you believe all this stuff, but like you should you should preach against it so that your internet will work better, and like your, <laughs> like, yeah, your Facebook sure. like won't like no, you know fuck with I, you. I stayed complete. I stayed completely clear of this stuff for two years. That's why you I'm retired, still, right? Oh yeah. And you're still getting yeah, those and things. I, I just I didn't, and I, I only started posting in the last like eight weeks because I. I just got to the point where I'm like, you know, it, you can't keep it, quiet I anymore. First, I guess at first I. When I started this, I was also seven or eight years younger, okay? I had all the ego and all the problems and all the hiccups of a working man that worked every day and to be screwed with. I couldn't handle that, and I couldn't do that. I have elevated this person so much now. These kind of things just skid bumps in the road, and I can let them go. You know what I mean? This whole thing has changed my perspective in life completely. You know, it's it's. It's changed it to where I don't have to be mad at God anymore because I understand it's people that made us. We're not gods. And we were made imperfect because we were made from DNA attempts. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't have to be mad at God and, and think that God was going to send me to right. or my friend to hell, you know, because we did some bad things. You know what I mean? What sure. I understand now is that there's there's the light and there's the dark. There's no way that God, if God was God, could be on the light side and do all this dark crap. There could be unintended consequences from actions that are equal and opposite, but he wouldn't be responsible for that. So all the religion and stuff, it's out there. It's out there as a tool to control you. Well, I have always thought that organized religion was simply a means to control the masses. Like that, uh, obviously, is what has always been. We could do a different show on some of the research I found on some of the religion. (laughs) Not right now. Not right yeah. now. Well, you right, know, right. hey Chris, you should definitely you should definitely listen to I'm our. Human. I gotta go to the bathroom, guys. Well, <laughs> we, we'll let we'll let you go. You should definitely listen to our episode with the Doctor Richard Carrier on oh, the yeah, historicity the oh, of Jesus. Yeah. I'm gonna Jesus. look through some of your old episodes because I like I really like you guys as ones you guys did with the flat earth. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, and, uh, at the beginning, at the beginning, when I heard you guys was like little. Uh, Dance about whoever maybe it was at the beginning. I was like, oh God, I hope I don't get a totally effed up or whatever it was <laughs> from your viewers. Oh God! <laughs> I, like, no. I hope I don't get. I don't. I hope I don't get a full of shit. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey Chris, thank you so much for joining us today, oh, man. Yeah, that's great. You've given us a lot to think about. Me? Yes. Yes. There's a lot of information here. Sorry if here. I cram too much information in your skulls at once. That's well, dude, well, here's the thing. At we'll the have... beginning of the thought, at the beginning, it's going to take a long... You're going to have to listen to this two or three or four times. Then you're going to have to think, is this guy crazy? And if not, then when it does sink in, if it does, you're going to have a lot of mixed feelings and frustrated feelings about it. 
All I could tell you is learn forgiveness and learn to roll with the punches, understand what's going on, and just try to inform people. Yeah, well, you know, that's a pretty fucking... All, yeah, that's a great I mean, that's life, a life motto lesson. anyway. Yeah. If you don't yeah. believe in any God, so, that's a good that motto a to good, live by. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Chris, yeah. thank you, you very much. You We're, just got to make the choices to be the best person absolutely. that you can be. And it's really hard because we come from people that didn't have any empathy or understanding if you could believe the experience. Well, we're we evolving have, as a species. We have a great DNA, that'd be nice. See, when yeah, he's trying to make that. a good message, no, they're yeah, trying to cut him out. Funny how that's exactly. weird. So, hey, oh. thank you again. Where can we find some of your work uh, for our listeners? Plug something. Like, is there again, something they again, can find right again, now? Or is it all down? Happened, again, uh, I do have center, like center of the earth, stars, like multiple stars in the sky channel at ymail.com. Anybody can email me. Okay, good. Okay. Why? Email him if you have any information. My mail's still yeah, hot. Y-mail I didn't know there was Y. Yahoo. It wasn't out there for very long because people were making like Best Buy at ymail.com and pissing off at corporations. Right. So they, they cut <laughs> them back so... down again. Oh, so, anyways, um, like, well, thank that's you, man. Example. But, anyway, Center Stars Channel at ymail.com, Center Stars Channel on YouTube. I only have one video there right now. It kind of gives just a really basic, basic breakdown with some water showing a full bowl. And taking away some and trying to explain bowl. gravity for people. I'm about to yeah, full one. bowl of water, like a full planet, and taking oh, away water. some of the water, and then you My get bad. gravity and how it works. My bad. Anyways, um, I haven't done a main series because after 2013, like I said, my computer melted down. I gave up on the internet at home. Yeah, we got. Um, we got I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do some of these some short videos and get them posted on there soon. Do it. Um, right. Like I said, I just decided. I mean, I just ran into do Brandon. It. Decided to do this interview because I have had so much more information to get out there. Yeah, and we could tell everybody. you were really rushed and had nothing. Pre- yeah, man, <laughs> no information. Let's, to let's share. get you on for a future episode so that you can give us some more of this good info. Uh, I mean, because I'm sure our listeners are just uh, they, they we got a lot. Their brains and, uh, are exploded. You just blew some minds here. Oh, yeah. Man. Like actually, give us as hosts a bit of time to digest it, so we can have some actual questions, some more questions. Like, oh sure, some I mean, shit prepared. I'm happy to come yeah. back. I'm happy to come back. I mean, like I said, great. I found a little bit more out about the religious side, but it's not a whole show. It's just basically some stuff about was Jesus real? And no, he definitely didn't listen to that. Uh, he was, was Jesus real or was? Then He's still real yeah, person, Chris, but was Chris, he the son of Cleopatra? Chris, you know what I mean? Whoa. Chris, Whoa. yeah, definitely <laughs> listen listen to our episode with Dr. Richard, Richard Carrier. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, Let me write that down. Richard Carey? Dr. Carrier. Doctor. Carrier. And he is the man you, he's the man you want to listen to and uh, read about um, if you want to learn about the historicity of Jesus. Historicity. The ac- the that is a weird word, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 it's a mixture of authenticity and history. Oh, That's right. Historical okay. authenticity okay. kind of melded together. Historicity. historicity. It's hip. Oh, Get with he's, it. He's, he's a pretty cool fucking good Richard, Richard Carrier. Yep. Yeah. Historicity. Okay. You'll, yeah, you will enjoy his he's stuff. He's got an interesting listen, outlook on Bible and Jesus. For and sure. listen to our podcast with him. We interviewed him, and he had a great time. We had a great time with him. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of information coming out about giants, um, the the like uh, radiated skeletons that they're finding that suggest that right around the time that the <laughs> deluge happened, they also scorched the earth with nuclear weapons. 
So Dude, who knows? Awesome, man. I mean, we definitely got to get into it in another episode. We got it. We got yeah, to. Yeah, we have out. to give you another episode. We but, got we got some more to do with this one. But I we'll, think a great place for you guys to go next once you kind of get grasp all it would actually be with Stefan because he picks up all, right. all these ancient Stephen societies Wolf. and these uh, these giant cultures. Me, and that's what he's doing. He was in retirement. He just kind of he kind of like me just said, "Screw it! If they're gonna screw with us and mess with us, we're coming out." So. Well, dude, I'll let you guys go. Thank cool, you man. so much for being with us, man. Um, I already, I already gave Stefan a heads up that I was having an interview, and he said if they wanted, if they want, yeah, to that's do great. one with me, just let them know I'm green light on that. So well, that's said, great, okay, dude. Will. We will hit. Okay. We will, we will so, keep in touch. Brandon, we'll keep in touch with you to get this going. Thank you once again. Okay. We appreciate you coming in, and that was into the. Have mystic. a great night. This is going to be our worst-rated show ever, simply because I don't think anybody will listen to it. Like they're going to turn it off halfway through that. Uh, yeah, I mean it I was very long-winded, and I wanted to edit it, but it's just it. We can't. We there's just no place to edit that shit. Yeah, but I'm sure there is. You know what? You if you want to listen to the end of the show, which is our favorite game, everyone's favorite <laughs> game, you're just going to have to either skip through it or let's play it at Iridium. That's right. Oop, wrong button. There it is. What are you doing over there? Idiot, idiot. That's right. Idiot, idiot. Ha ha. Idiot, idiot. Ba ba da ba. Ba ba ba. Ba ba ba. <laughs> Pretty impressive the things that he does in between like segments. Oh, just, thank you, you thank know, you. Just, just watching him. Hey, you know? guys, welcome well, to another you know. edition of Idiot or Idiom. This is the only phrase game where you're playing for the Golden Jazz Master. Today we have Nick Ryder, the Passion, playing for his championship. He uh, he won it last week. Did you? you I lost, did. I did. You you won it last what, week. You did the same time thing the week before. Why do you keep trying to fucking? <laughs> and Brandon, I you think lost even the week before week. that actually. I, I, this is like my, why are you bringing up old shit, man. I don't know, man. You but you lost. Why you last keep week? trying to strip me of my title? I'm saying fucking denying. You know what, Nick? Let's just let's just walk out on him. All right. You know fuck he's this. he's trying to take your loss. He's reminding me of my loss. <sighs> I I won't stand for it. He's not going to stand for it, and I don't give a shit. Well, I mean, we're both sitting. But you know well, what? But I still won't stand for it. I mean, I'll be damned. I'll stay seated. If you're new to the game, and you hopped on because of the Hollow Earth, and you listen to the rest of this podcast, we play a game called Idiot or Idiom. And it's a phrase game of idioms, where we give you an idiom, and we'll give you what it means, what we all know it means, and then we'll give you an origin. That origin is either true or false. That's up to you. That's the game. That's right. And we play for the Golden Jazz Master, which is being brought right now by Tiffany. Tiffany in her gold sequin dress. She's bringing it up. Hello, Tiffany. That's very beautiful. It glistens in the sun. Uh, would you go ahead and play us a little riff, Tiffany? She rips on that guitar. It's fucking sweet. Well, you guys know the it's rules. It's weird that a guitar can make all these... Extra Angelic sounds? sounding synthesizer mm -hmm. noises it, it, in the background. The it's all in the jazz master. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. You guys know the rules. Metal. Let's play Idiom for the golden jazz master. That's right. Number one. 
Bite the dust. Is that a G? Or is that like an F? I don't know. That you don't know. I don't know the note there. Just, I'm not sure. Bite the dust, you guys. It means to fall to the ground, wounded or dead. Yes, just another one bites the dust. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? I'm scatting, bro. You don't right. just yell out people's names and call it scat. <laughs> Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> no, that's not how that shit works. Push, push, push. Obama, Obama, Obama. No, I believe Salt and Pepper do that. Ah, bush it. <laughs> bush it good. Bush it good. Bush it real good. All right, here you go, guys. Bite the dust. Here is the origin. It actually comes from cowboy movies where they would say he bite he bit the dust. Is it like when you shoot someone they fall into the dusty road create, face first? It would create like, a little <gasps> dust cloud. Yeah. Bite the dust. Nick Ryder is that true or false? Well, you know I automatically disbelieve everything that falls <laughs> out of your mouth. That's right. Probably the you know, the best decision. And I seem to win all the time. So <laughs> I'm going to go false. All right. Brandon, what do you think? I don't know, man. I've got to use logic on that one, and I'm going to go true. He's going to go true yeah. with the logic. Nick, you answered first. Let's go ahead and check the judges. Is he right or wrong? He is right by oh. saying false. All right. All right. It actually comes from the Bible, and here is the verse. All right. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust, which got transcribed into bite a little later. So hmm. make the idiom. That is where the idiot, uh, the idiot comes from. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of an idiot. You have thing. your idiot. Well, well, if he's going to be licking and or biting dust, he's not very smart. That's right. <laughs> Let's play idiot or idiom. That's right. I just love how that trails off. I know, thank <laughs> you. I made that myself. All right, here's the next one. Number two, lickety split. It means we're going full speed. We're are going we back fast. to eating pussy? Wait, yeah, I was. Yeah, are we back there? <laughs> are we back there? You're thinking of uh, nitty gritty, my friend. Yeah, yeah, but is lickety split getting down to the nitty gritty? Is it mm -hmm. the same thing? If you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're, well, you could be getting to the nitty gritty. Oh no, gritty, that's lickety split. Lickety split. Uh, lickety mm. slit. They, yeah. Lickety yeah. slit. Lickety sorry, split. Sorry. That's I mean, definitely better. This is just when you get like a banana split and you're like licking the. All the right. Whip all right. Take it easy. All right. <laughs> lickety split. It actually comes from bowling. It's a bowling term. It refers to the speed at which you'd have to throw your ball to make a difficult split. Um, to make a 710, do you know anything about right. bowling? Yes, I understand yeah. what a 710 split is. To make a 710, you'd have to throw that fucker lickety fucking split, which is, an, I guess that's what it comes from. Brandon, is that true or is that false? False. You. I'm not on board with You're going to say false. Nick, yeah. what are you saying? That is false as George Washington's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because Brandon chose first. You actually both chose false. Let's go ahead and look at the judges. Are they correct by saying false? They are correct by saying I'm false. On the board. <laughs> All right. Lick actually means speed, and split is an intensifier for that word. It's just it kind of developed the etymology behind it. Well, lick actually just means speed. So it does so it mean just means speed. Extra up. speed. Yeah, extra so speed. So it's like ludicrous, ludicrous speed. I'm going lickety split. 
I'm leaving liquor. No. That's nobody, a sick nobody guitar the, lick. Are you saying that's, are you trying that's to say a something sick funny? Speed? Nobody thinks it's funny. Space, nobody's seen the Spaceballs movie when they have ludicrous speed. Get the no, fuck out of here. No. You in your non Mel Brooks movies watching asses. Get the fuck out. Let's of play here. Idiot Iridium. <laughs> Spaceballs is fucking hilarious. For the Golden Jazz Master. Y'all need to do some research. Do some research and watch some goddamn Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> Mel Brooks, sorry. Do some re. All right. Number three, a frog in the throat. Oh, hey, why can't Miss Piggy count to 70? Because <laughs> she's got a frog in her throat. As soon as she gets to 69, she gets a frog in her throat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that what the idiot means? Actually, no. Here we go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what what is a frog in the throat? It's a momentary uh, ha- hoarseness caused by phlegm in the back of the throat. Okay. Right. Here is the origin. Frogs were known as slimy creatures. They still are, actually. So the phlegm uh, looked like slime from a frog. That's where it actually comes from. Nick, is that true or is that false? That's false. Okay, whatever I'm you say. I'm going false on that. I ain't. I'm going to go true. True. And he's going to say not true. not picking up what you're putting down. Whatever you have to say. Let's say uh, Nick is going to go first on this one. He said false. Let's look at the judges. Judges, is he correct? Ring, ding, oh. dong, dong, dong. He is correct by saying mm. false. It actually comes from how you sound when you have a. Yeah, I was gonna say you sound like a frog. You sound like a frog. That's yeah, actually like, where it comes from. Hmm. You gotta. I'm sure to. And then you give a little bit of a cough to, to, to the older, older times. Maybe that's just something I've never noticed. I will. Uh, when someone's talking, also then through a little thing in their speech, and like, holy shit, man. Hmm. All right, you guys. Or like when you, there's a weird sounding fart, people blame it on the peep toad. On the frog yeah. that you stepped you on? You sat on a frog? Yeah. 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 Or, of course, the dog. Barking yeah. frogs. Barking <laughs> yeah, barking frogs. Barking <laughs> spiders. My dad used to say barking spiders. Yeah, barking spider. My dad used to say that, too. Let's play Idiot or Idiot. All right, let's get off the of farts. Number four here, guys. Harp on. Oh, like harp? you just keep going on. Yeah, and to on go on, on boringly. And and yeah, we're, well, I think we're familiar speaking with that. about something. You just keep going on, sort of uh, how uh, Chris uh, Chris Baird <laughs> just kind of uh, harped on for a while. Well, I didn't say any names. Well, but, you know, yeah. as as fans of the unbelievable podcast, it was fun That's for him right. to bring up a lot of stuff that I've heard them talk about before. So he's kind of tying Hollow Earth theory into a bunch of other theories that they've he's tying about. it all oh, together. Okay. Not specifically. However, none of those other theories have ever mentioned Hollow Earth at all. <laughs> but he did tie all uh, like eight or ten different episodes of theirs into one thing. So I mean, yeah. that's something. He's efficient. He, he definitely has got. And also, going on. I'm married, so my wife definitely knows all about harping on harping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually refers to how long uh, songs on harp go for. The average arrangement for harp is thirteen point eight minutes. Let's go with Brandon. True or false? That just screams false to me. Are you saying false? Yeah. If it screams it, it might be true. I mean, it might be. What? <laughs> Nick Ryder, so. is that, that true reasoning or false? was false. <laughs> well, uh, we're not playing. We're not playing for that reasoning. <laughs> uh, that's the next game. Uh, Harpin on. I'm just. I'm gonna have to go false as well. He's gonna say false as well. You guys both said false. Let's check out the judges. Judges, are they correct? 
They are. Sorry, guys. You are correct. Oh, oh right. you, you got me for a minute. Yeah, you, got me. you tricky so you and so. Guys are both correct. Well, there's no way that you're gonna win, Brandon. At yeah, this point, I know. But we're gonna keep playing anyways. <laughs> Harp on actually, because I'm a good sport. Harpon actually comes from Shakespeare. It's another one. Because from 1602, he actually used it in Hamlet. Mm. All right, so you can look it up there. Let's go ahead and play Idiom for the Golden Jazz Master. Because he can still win. Brandon can still win. You can wait. You, you just said I he thought, can't yeah, win. Yeah, I thought it was just. I, I was I'll lying win. to you because I'm adding one more. Boom. Oh, okay. So you have to get the next two right. And I have to get the next two wrong. And I'm hoping that you get it the next two wrong. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the whole kitten caboodle. All right. Now, are you saying kitten caboodle or kit and caboodle? I'm saying the whole kitten caboodle. That's what I'm saying. It it's a collection of things. means that's everything, okay? All right. You guys ready for the origin? A caboodle is an archaic term or group uh, for group or collection. A kitten means everything in Dutch. Uh, let's go with Nick Ryder. Hmm. Is that true or false? False. <laughs> I don't know why you got to say false for everything, man. All right, Brandon, <laughs> is this true or false? Sorry, so you said kitten is Dutch for what? Everything. Everything in the group is what it comes down to. I just have a hard time believing that. I'm, I'm just going to go false based on that. <laughs> All right, let's look at the judges. You guys are right. All right. Well, yeah, because right. it's not kitten caboodle. It's kit and caboodle. <laughs> I was really hoping that you didn't know it was kit and caboodle. Uh, kit and caboodle. God. But fuck, dude. I don't know, man. I thought for, you know, for my whole life, I thought it was kit and caboodle. So I thought ah, maybe well. someone else would fall for the same thing. Nope. What the fuck is a kit anyways, guys? It's a, <laughs> a kit. You get a tool kit. You yeah, get a, exactly. Well, you get lots of kits. You get lots of kits. A soldier would uh, Now you get car kit kits box. even. Yeah. All right. And Computer kits. Nick Ryder, you are the winner of the Golden Jazz Master. Once again, you son of a fucking bitch. I fucking hate Don't you. Don't talk about my mother that way. You've you know met what? her. I mean, you're very good. Go back to where you came from. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, let's play one more just for fun, you guys. Let's play Iteridium. You just for be, fun! That's right. You could be saving these for further shows. Yeah. I can come up with lots only, more. There are only so many idioms I mean, in the world. Yeah, you're I feel like gonna... there's a finite number of idioms. Let's play right. this last one. Unless you're you just don't constantly play this making last one? them up. All right, they don't want right. to play this last one. It's put away. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like an elementary school <laughs> oh, yeah. teacher. You guys don't want to do it? I mean, it's up to you. I just feel like we should have later episodes. All right. right? He's right. right. You guys, he's right. That was Idiom. Because Nick says so. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. All right, you guys. Thank you guys for joining us. We've had a long show here. Thank you, yeah. Chris Bard, mm -hmm. uh, Baird, for coming Baird. on and uh, giving us some insight I onto the I didn't even think to work. ask him if he has anything to do with the bread company. Mrs. Baird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Didn't think hmm. about that myself. I'm doubt I doubt it, though. Probably not. Because people with money don't think like he does. I wouldn't well, say that. I would say he could all. be an outlier. I mean, well, you no, know, we can't discount everything. Do you think that anybody uh, that's got lots of money believes in flat Earth, or uh, I guess the, some of the basketball players? But uh, hey, well, I mean, according to go. him, the uh, the upper echelon of humanity 
knows the truth about Hollow Earth and is hiding it so that we maintain our slavery. It's the same idea with uh, the Bible. You know, that's what Richard right. Carey was saying. So like the people the with elite. the most money actually think like that because they know it for The elite for know it. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right. Well, anyway, let's take it back. If you guys like our content, <laughs> check us out on uh, iTunes. Give us a good rating if you like. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Search five stars only. If you can't bring it to five stars, then get the fuck off iTunes and just don't. Jesus, he's wow. harsh. He's yeah. harsh. He's he's harsh. I don't want any of that four star bullshit. If you yeah. if you got nothing nice to say, then You're don't say anything at all. Quite the oh, best. maybe that's why uh, nobody's given us good ratings yet. Because it could be, and that's anything. fine. That's well, that fine. makes it more worth it, doesn't it? If yeah. You get that five star. I guess you're right, Brandon Mitchell. Thank you for joining us once again. Hey, thanks, guys. Showing us another. He's like he's become easily the emergency exit producer. Real quick. Ooh. Oh, yeah, Fancy. we could give him that title. Yeah. We're giving you the emergency exit producer. That's what you are, and you're also a slash co-host. You Ooh, know, you come on and you, you come on. You, your third time already. Is it? That's wow. more than a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, I guess so. That's more than anybody. More than Dr. Richard Carrier. Yeah. Well, Carrier's <laughs> fired. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. <laughs> what retort do you got, doctor? Uh, let's see. Any plugs? Nick, what are you doing this weekend? I'm playing at Adelbert's Brewery here in Alston Thursday. Oh, yeah, Thursday. I'm doing that with and, you uh, tomorrow. I believe you were joining. That's Thursday. That's two days. Thursday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, I mean tomorrow. Then, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So anybody in the neighborhood, come watch your favorite podcasters, play some songs at the brewery. And, and then, then Saturday, come down to that Adelbert's Brewery after that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, Saturday, I have two shows. Uh, one, and I can't remember, in the morning in some place in Dallas, but I think it's a private party, so that doesn't matter. You but, can't go to it, but suckers. Saturday night, we're playing at Dublin Square in Fort Worth ah, with road trip. the TJ. So Yeah, he goes right. on road trips and, and tours around. Thank you guys once again for listening. Next well, week, Brandon, do you have anything you need to? Brandon, do you have anything? Oh, me. Um, no, Can we man, find you um, on Facebook or Twitter or anything? Can we make you a local celebrity? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook somewhere. Brandon Mitchell, I think, is what my name is. Yeah, on there. I think yeah, is what my yeah. name is. Just yeah. look for me. I'm I'm holding a a, a semi puppy golden shepherd. That's so right. So just just look semi puppy. Check me out. Yeah, it's you know half like grown. a transformer. Semi. Thank you once yeah. again for uh, being with <laughs> half us. Half dog, half toaster. <laughs> half toaster. Yeah. All right. Next week on the show. Do Earth? Does Earth? Do Earth? Do Earth? Do Earth? How about speak good? Do trees actually make birds? On the next episode of Emergency Exit. So for Nick Ryder and Brandon Mitchell, I'm Los. That's right.